0: You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Real Estate Lowdown. I'm your host, Bill Bymel. Thanks for listening to another episode, and if you like what you hear and you're not a subscriber, we ask you to please consider subscribing and staying with us on the journey here at The Real Estate Lowdown. At the Real Estate Lowdown, we look for, we'd have discussions in all types of financial markets because it plays a role in the world of real estate. And I'm a win-win investor. If you know my webinar series, you know the Win-Win webinar series. You know I wrote a book called The Win-Win Revolution, which really created the paradigm for how I invest in defaulted mortgages that we buy all around the U.S. And So this is what we're up to. We're up to talking about current events in real estate, in financial markets, in the world economy. We'll even get into conversations once in a while about things like entertainment, travel. You'll hear me talk about soccer once in a while because I'm a huge soccer freak. Well, on this week's episode, I am fortunate to have a guest named Bob Repass. Bob is with Colonial Funding Group based out of Dallas, Texas, and he spent 20 years as an investor and manager of portfolios of single-family residential real estate and primarily focused on the purchase of the debt against that real estate, whether those loans are performing mortgage loans, first position loans, second position loans. Bob and his partner Eddie Speed built a business that goes back 40 years, buying notes and teaching the average everyday citizen, you and I how to get involved as a individual investor in the note business so he's got a long great history he's always been an advisor of mine and i always like to get together with bob and talk shop and today's topic is a i call it a perfect storm in debt markets because that's what we come to as a conclusion today's real tidbit is going to be take a moment and talk about the real our real tidbit which is liquidity Liquidity is this week's real tidbit. The Real Tidbit series, by the way, is something that we're encompassing in the podcast series where I'll take a moment when episodes allow for it to take a few minutes and explain a term or a concept related to the real estate or mortgage, finance, or just investing in general. And I, today I want to talk about liquidity because it really plays a role. The idea of liquidity plays a role in what's going on about conversations about interest rates. And more importantly, it plays a role in the conversation Bob and I are about to have, where we talk about where the markets are currently at, real estate and mortgage markets. And liquidity in essence means cash, right? How much cash do you have on hand? And businesses need cash. Investors need cash. In many of the investors that we buy pools of mortgages from, they are borrowing money from banks to fund their operations or to fund their investments. Those banks, in turn, could call for capital when market values shift, or they could just have payments that are due. Many of these financing vehicles in the, especially in the mortgage business are, are known as securitizations. And if you've been following the secondary mortgage market and the financial markets, you know that since mortgage rates have now been on the rise consistently in 2022, the securitization market is upside down. It has gone dry. That's what you see. You're seeing mortgage loan originators going out of business by the numbers. You're seeing thousands of people lose their job. And it's really not making the headlines yet because the average citizen hasn't been affected. But here we are in August of 2022, as I record this episode, and we wanna go down on record pre-Labor Day 2022 as the predictors of what's about to happen in mortgage, real estate, and financial markets. So liquidity is a key factor to all this, as one of the things the Fed is doing by raising interest rates is they're trying to bleed the system of all the excess cash. We now are of the belief that all this liquidity, all the cash that's out there, whether it's in the form of debt, extra credit that we as individuals got, or private investors, private equity firms, or banks, that liquidity is what's been driving inflation. So that's the idea behind by trying to dry up liquidity, you now create a situation where deals start to go awry, right? Because... Now, the expectations of the market are in completely in transition. That's where we're at right now. I've seen mortgage loan trades per perfectly performing mortgage loan pools that have been trading at, you know, like NPL pricing because who wants to buy a 3% mortgage? when you can go out and originate a 6% mortgage today? You know, why buy something that's a year old that's 3%? So there's a lot of discontinuity in the markets, and as liquidity dries up, as the amount of available cash-chasing deals dries up, it's gonna put certain sellers in a situation where they must sell, and it's gonna create opportunities for those of us who do have cash on hand? My fund, you know, we keep talking about keeping our powder dry. And why do we have that powder dry? Because we see ourselves as a liquidity provider to the Wall Street counterparts that we buy our mortgages and our real estate from. And as a liquidity provider, that's the nice way of telling our counterparties that we're getting a deal from them, right? They know they need cash. say, oh, we need some liquidity. We're going to sell something at a discount to you because you have the cash to buy it. That's our real tidbit for today. Tune in every week to hear almost every week we should have a tidbit. Next, we turn to Bob Repass and talk current markets. Reminder, if you like what you hear on the episode, please do subscribe. You can find me on the internet at billbymel.com. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next one. Here's my interview with Bob Repass. We have Bob Repass with us this afternoon, a good friend of mine, a longtime fellow investor in the simp field that I'm in, non-performing and performing first lien mortgages. Bob, thank you for being with me.
0: Bill, it's a pleasure. It's always great to chat with you and exciting times, my friend.
1: That's right. You know, here we are in the depths of summer, August of 2022. I want to put that on record because, in case somebody ever comes back and listens 20 years from now, and we are in the midst of a market transition in real estate and I guess just across the board. I mean, I know I'm 46 years old and I have never lived through the kind of inflation that we are now seeing in you know just in the recent months and what are your thoughts on all of where we're at right now
0: well i'm not sure if you're just trying to get me to tell you how much older than you i am that's what i try to do always you know Uh, but I am a little older than you as I'm 60, so uh, I've seen a couple cycles, but nothing quite like this. I was way too young back in the seventies when the, the gas lines were right. down the street during the Carter administration. So, but you know, obviously I've been through the RT days of the savings and loans and then you know, nine eleven, and then you had the 8 09 mortgage housing crisis. So we've seen some like that, yeah. but never alone the inflationary times. And you hear all the buzzwords about inflation and, you know, rising interest rates and things. My main concern in today's market, Bill, is just the overall affordability issue that people are going to run into, right? Mm. Due to the factors that I just talked about, but but really, the price of gas, the price of food, you know, the different things and how that's going to impact people's ability to pay rent, that keeps escalating all across the country. And with rates going up, people are not going to be able to afford mortgages. I mean, you know, when you could afford it at 3%, now all of a sudden it's 5%, all of a sudden another whole segment of people cannot be homeowners because they can't qualify.
1: Right. And it's happened so quickly that the markets themselves haven't had a chance to catch up. So here we are sitting in August and there's it's still, you know, while we've seen the largest jump in listing inventory nationwide in July, that that stat just came out. So it's starting. Right. The markets are turning. We're seeing the activity. We're seeing prices lower. Pricing plateaued buyers have gone away. And of course, when you go from 3% mortgages to 6% mortgages in less than six months, and those same people are facing additional costs, it is a very scary thing. And I and I would say I met with a friend of mine, Larry Taylor, who is was also a guest of my podcast and investor in California real estate for 50 years. So and you know he's predicting and he's generally an optimistic guy I mean he's a like you and I he's a opportunistic investor right. but he's predicting something that we have never seen before in terms of the way that the market's going to have to reset and that's really what the Fed's doing by pushing interest rates that we're going to that we're going to see a what closer to what we saw in the two savings and loan crisis. Like you said, you may, you have had witnessed that a little bit as a youngster. I was definitely a bit too young to really be involved where that was a top down crisis. The interest rate rise is going to kill off an entire segment of investors, private equity, even some bankers, investment bankers for sure. And, Mm. you know, I don't know, where does it go? And where does it go from here? You know? And so, Let's just talk a little bit about the last couple of years, because you and I met after the 2008 mortgage crisis. You had already been a note investor for years before that, and so you've always offered your audience of investors and partners, and yourself included, you've always kind of looked for these alternative investments in real estate via notes. I mean, your your partner Eddie Speed, you know, built an entire educational behemoth, right, like, off of this concept. You know, where what's it been like trying to buy notes in the, the crazy market that we've had? the last three years. And you can talk about maybe even just leading up pre-COVID and then obviously what what you've experienced in your business in the last, since COVID.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, going back to 2019 and, you know, that time frame pre-COVID, I mean, there's so much capital and it's so little cost of capital for a lot of investors that, you know, I like the way you phrased it, the opportunistic investors that we are, Sometimes we just, we couldn't compete with these guys that just had a, a checkbook that was, you know, could we couldn't meet what they were paying. We couldn't, you know, pay our investors what they were looking for. So we saw a dip in like mid-18, all through, you know, 2019, just as, you know, as far as product that fit our buy box because people were just, you know, throwing money around and, and we're looking for it. And I think to some degree, the pandemic kind of helped start a reset as far as people were a little bit uncertain as to, okay, what's going to happen to my, is the performance of my book of business going to go down because of the pandemic, unemployment, whatever. And then of course the government stepped in and probably overstimulated to Mm -hmm. some degree the market, you know, they, the first wave was probably well-timed and, and much needed, but then it continued on. And it was like the motivation you know, for going back to work and for, you know, et cetera, et cetera, just wasn't there. And then on top of that was the moratoriums. So the MPL product wasn't there because people knew if I sell it now, the person who was buying it really can't do anything with it either because it's under the moratorium. So there was a use disconnect between bid price and ask price. Mm-hmm. And on top of all that, the real estate was on fire and all the values were just right. going crazy. Right. You know, so then investors were like, well, I'm just going to ride this value wave. And, you know, my assets are appreciating, even though nobody's paying on them. Right. So it was quite the, uh, like you said, something we've never seen before. Right. I, mean, I hate right. the word unprecedented because everybody always uses that, but we hadn't seen it before. And right. now this year, I think, all right, everything is like, sort of going back to the way it was more times are gone foreclosures are starting you can see which one of the workout forbearances are going to stick and which ones aren't and now all of a sudden like you mentioned earlier the values are not just skyrocketing you know they're dropping and uh, one thing i like to make sure folks pay attention to is you only hear the headline stuff right Mm -hmm. so you're going to hear values are crashing or whatever whether talking about boise and austin and Seattle and, you know, yeah. Vegas and Phoenix and all those markets. So they're going to take a 20, 30% drop where, you know, markets like Dallas or wherever they- they may drop some, but it's not going to be to the degree of a lot of the other places across the country. So that's what we look for opportunities.
1: Oh, that's that's well said. You know, and and I think you and I have similar minds. I'm more of a you look for you know your markets in Texas. I look for like New York City is my market where everybody runs away from that. But to me. When I price New York City and the appreciation that it's seen in the last five years comparable to other markets, like you say, Austin or Boise, Idaho or Salt Lake City, Utah or whatever, the the appreciation level hasn't been as great. New York is trading right now the boroughs of around Manhattan. I'm staying out of Manhattan, but the boroughs around Manhattan and some of the towns that, you know, in Connecticut, serve served in Jersey that serve that they're at the prices they were at in 2006, you know, right. so they're not way out of whack. And I saw see value there when you can go in and buy that stuff you know, sub 50 cents on the dollar when it used to trade at 60. And, you know, obviously, you know, you got to know your markets and that, you know, that's the key probably is knowing your markets and and having a sense of value and fundamentals as we move into this volatile days ahead. I mean, is that, you know, what's your plan now? So that, you know, I get, thank you by the way for Perfectly encapsulating the frustration of <laughs> being a note buyer and the NPL firstly note buyer when you're competing against securitized buyers with cheap money or cash that they're pulling off their, you know, lines at 2% or whatever it is. And you really encapsulated what it's been like the last couple of years. Now I feel like. Come this summer, come today, come this fall, the months ahead, when we look to the months ahead, I'm getting my popcorn out. I'm getting the checkbook out. You know, as the money, as the cheap debt dries up that's yep. been funding deals, it's guys like you and I that are opportunistic that I think are getting excited. So, where, what do you see for yourself? What do you eyeing uh, as an investor you know you speak to high net worth individuals daily you know dozens of them a month and you know advise them you know on on these note purchases what are you seeing for the days and the months and in year or two ahead
0: yeah i think between now and probably 18 24 months i mean we're, we're entering well i like to look at it's like a perfect storm bill right i mean it's like some of these investors, capital funds that have been holding on to MPLs, and like I said, riding the value wave going up, in all likelihood, should have pulled the trigger and sold them wow. 90 days ago. Yeah. Right. And they just thought it was going to keep it on and it's not. And now their cost basis and their carrying costs just continues to grow. And sooner or later, their investors are going to say, "Okay, it's time that we, you know, reposition our balance sheet. We need to cut bait on some of this so we can recapitalize and maybe look for some newer product. And let's get out of that. So I think especially in the short term, Q4 this year, people are going to be looking to lose stuff off their balance sheets. Right. And, and I think there's going to be some opportunity there. And uh, Q4 has always been exciting except for like 2020 and right. 2021, because nobody knew what to do. Right. But Q4 is always the time where banks and capital funds and people were looking to reposition and you could find stuff. And if you're a buyer like we are, well, you'll take pretty much anything as far as not performing, re-performing, performing, and you can clear somebody's book for them you can get a pretty good deal. Like if you can take a big chunk of it, not necessarily just pick what you want, right. but you can be their answer to you know their problem and they don't have to go shopping around, they'll take a little less from you because they know you're going to perform and you're going right. to execute and they're going to get rid of their assets. So that's what we're looking for short term. Well, long buys. term is going to be a waterfall of assets just coming. You know whether they started Fannie and Freddie or whether they just you know started you know a capital fund like waterfall or some you know somebody on right. uh, Wall Street. So it's going to start working its way down. No, um, and that may be more of a twelve month play. But you know we're excited. We're positioning ourselves that Colonial as well as our investor network to be ready to. I don't want to say take advantage, but you know to be ready for the opportunity and if it's there deploy
1: as much capital as we can yeah and that goes right along with what we said about the top-down effect that there are books of business that should have sold whether it's probably not so much in the banks but certainly it what guys that call themselves investment bankers private equity right. investors and we knew they should have sold everyone was hoping they judged correctly in 2020 that the government would come in and bail them out Right, And then they've been writing this, and now everyone can come back from the Hamptons next month and tell their committees that, look, the market's going, we need to – now even the real bankers have a justification to go in – mark down the npl and get rid of it so i agree with you there should be some exciting opportunities ahead and i just love your mission and you know everything you're doing. well we're gonna have to do some deals together bob and and certainly get you back on the podcast regularly and, and may- to- maybe you should even throw a little plug for node expo i you know for you know this will be out there forever but you know for those that do listen to the podcast in the next three months you want to talk about node expo
0: sure happens every year anyways yeah like like you said at the top we're here in august of 2022 and no first weekend in november november 4th and 5th uh, believe it or not bill it'll be the ninth node expo that we've had Wow! so we have it in dallas fort worth every year the first weekend in november friday and saturday so this year is november fourth and fifth we're going to get sponsors and speakers from all across the industry Real estate investors, note investors, capital funds, and we typically have five hundred plus people there. You've been there probably at least half of the nine times.
1: Definitely. And uh, you know.
0: We'll have it, us it, on a panel, and we'll do just how we are now, just talking about the market.
1: It is one of the more fun events. It's really laid back. You have a great group of investors that follow you guys, and you know, and that do deals with you. You know, just good people, good times, down to earth, and yeah, I love doing that. Your event, and I just love what you guys are about. So I'll see you in Dallas in November. Thanks, Bob. That
0: sounds good.
1: <laughs> That's my interview with Bob Repass of Colonial Funding Group based in Dallas, Texas. I just wanted to tune back in and and give a plug to Bob because his note expo is really an opportunity for any individual whether you know nothing about the note business or you're a seasoned veteran. All types of individuals go to this conference. The Note Expo is taking place. It always takes place the first weekend of November, and you can always find out about it on noteexpo.com, N-O-T-E-E-X-P-O.com. You can find me on the internet at billbymel.com, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe. We look forward to keeping the conversation going. For now, this is Bill Bymel, and thanks for listening to The Real Estate Lowdown.